Hey, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, James. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I figured I'd mix up the intro uh, a little bit. But in case you were wondering, this is the TX Water Polo Podcast. So um, beautiful day in Texas for a change. It's been... Yeah. Oh, did you uh, did you drive home from the tournament on Sunday afternoon? I did. It, it was uh, it was Sunday evening. Yeah. It was horrible. It was one of the worst traffic days I've experienced in Texas. I don't know if it was the same for you. Your dog thinks. So. Nah, it's what it is. Yeah. You think so? It's um, what it is. There were like three major wrecks, and three major ones before I even got out of Dallas. It took me like an hour to get out of Dallas. I once had to drive from Houston to College Station in college in my little truck that I used to own. Yeah. And it was in a snowstorm, and it took me about eight hours. Wow. My, it my, takes an hour and a half. I know you don't want to talk about it, but my brother-in-law is in town. Tried it. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law is in town, <laughs> and they were delayed by a day because they took I-40 cool. from California, and it took like eight hours to get from Flagstaff to to uh, Albuquerque. They had to stop and spend the night. They would have been here the day before. But, yeah, it's unpleasant when you have a vehicle that's not really prepared for it, plus just these enormous, just crazy big traffic jams. So... Anyway, he made it, and, and I made it home too. Although the, it was unpleasant for about an hour. So, did you have fun at the tournament, though? I had fun. It was good. You know, as we've discussed off air, my teams are young, and I had a lot of athletes and families who decided not to go for uh, fears of COVID. Fair enough, mm-hmm. uh, but it would have been a different team, really, that I had if if all those guys had showed up. Um, but all all together, we so my two teams were both played Ironman for almost the entire tournament. We had one sub, uh, one girl who played up on the 18 and under team at the at Cowtown. So she headed off to across town once we had enough players um, for the ninth grade and under team. But they ended with a really good win. They, our seventh graders ended up with a, 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 oh, they ended up with a shootout win over Joe's team. So that was sweet, sweet revenge. Joe's team, Joe wasn't coaching. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, Even no, though you're was, giving uh, me crap throughout the game to say that because you, you were winning for most of the game, so there yeah, you go. Walking around, kind of getting ready for the end of the day. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But um, but overall, I thought the tournament went great. I thought it was great that we finally actually had tags, and this was a postponed tournament that we finally actually had. Um, yeah, congratulations to the Pegasus uh, team for the seventh grade and younger mixed, and mm-hmm. then the South Side team for the ninth grade and younger mixed. And, um, and that was Daniel Cox's first. Uh, tags win i think he got he's gotten second place a bunch so i, did, I didn't know until yesterday been broken. yeah tags broken so <laughs> um and uh <clears throat> but overall i mean it was it was it's getting weird to have these tournaments without fans in the stands no it is strange it was kind of nice at first right you know but now it's just and yeah and no offense to parents they're just because it was just it because kids come play the game they leave it's a little bit less chaotic on the pool deck, and it's like there's like a nice little calm, right? Yeah. Now it's just like, all right, let's get the fans back. Yeah. Let's get the chaos back a little bit. Um, and one of the biggest problems is just, I mean, I love the kids are playing. I love the coaches are coaching. I love the refs that get the biggest pain. Being honest with you is there's like a lot of bandwidth that has to go towards the safety guidelines, and then policing the safety guidelines well especially and, for you because you're i mean you're because, intense about that we're also i mean that's to do i mean they're not my rules they are the school district safety yeah. rules I mean, yeah. if you don't do a good job you know 
then we don't get to have the have the next tournament. So, right. um, you know, there's a couple clubs that obviously did not read the rules or did not give a crap about the rules, and that's what just bugged the crap out of me. Oh, that frustrates. And, um, that frustrates. You I mean, it's just like, come on. I mean, and these are clubs that don't host anything. Yeah. You know, they never host. They don't understand what it means to host, and and that's just that's what that's. I mean, we're all in this together. You know, yes, the situation sucks as far as the rule, but yeah, the overall situation sucks, but we're trying to make the best of it and we have to work together here. So, you know, let's, yeah, let's follow the rules, people. At least read it, please. Well, look, there, we have to account for like different personality types in the sense that there are people who just want to coach. Like they have, we know who they are, right? So they're, they, they don't want to do any. Or, or minimize the amount of administration that they do. They're just thinking about the whiteboard. They're thinking about substitutions. They're thinking about strategies. And that's kind of it. And so they, and again, we know who we're talking about, but the, the, they tend to not, how, how do you put this nicely, I suppose? Not see the this, bigger picture. The safety rules are ancillary. They're not key to what they're trying to do. So I suppose some of them are malicious about it. Like they're willfully, you know, trying to do something different. But I think that, I think there's a lot of people altogether, coaches or not, who are just oblivious in some ways, right? They're so focused on something else. I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of times there's like the same people that have the, like are not necessarily following the safety guidelines are the same people that try to like, like, don't follow the tournament rules. There you go. At a regular event. That's right. And it's like, come on, guys. Let's go. This is, this is, again, we have too small of a water polo community that we shouldn't be at least respecting the rules and uh, and at least take the effort to read the email. Yes, I know I send lots of emails, but the reason sure I send do. lots of emails Jeez. is because we need people to read these things. You know, there is a, yeah, there is a certain, yeah, like kind of, Importance, and then I even double down. I give everybody in, in their in their coaching packet copies of, of like of all the rules. Yeah, like in yeah, and even a map of where you're supposed to be and yeah, and when you're supposed to be there. So it's just you know, it's just a team that doesn't take that. That's just taking their time going for like like they're on their bench. The kids are changing at their bench. No, take your stuff and walk twenty feet to your left, so the other team can come and get in and warm up. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that just. I'm, I'm just venting a little bit. It so. burns Joe up, man. But overall, it was great to see the kids play. I mean, I just like, I like, I like seeing the younger kids play. Then we're going to talk about the Dare to Dream here at, at the end. No, we are. But yeah, but but like you know, like like the tags tournaments, a tournament that you know we started back in the fall of 2007. Oh, I didn't know. So that. it's probably it's probably one of the longest running tournaments that we've had in our zone. So the way that I, the way that I look at it too is fun. Well, I guess it was modeled on the swim meet, right? I mean, because that's the is that is that true that the name was taken from it? Um, sorta. I don't know what tags for the swim meet stands for, but tags for water polo stand for Texas Age Group State Water Polo Championship. Oh, I wonder if it's the same. I don't know. I doubt it, okay. but that's okay. Um, I think it's Texas Maybe Swim. Age group swim championships. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we did do it. I mean, and it's during the high school season, and right? We'll, and we'll have our next tags in what? Um, in um, in April, May, supposedly for, for for the eighth grade and the sixth grade okay. and under kids. And then there was also the Cowtown Stampede this past week. Well, wait, so, I wanted to go back because the tags that you're right about the young kids. So I coached two teams. I was around other teams, and the one thing that seems pretty clear is um, is for all of the things that you were talking about. 
the kids forget to put their masks on, let's say, on the bench. But altogether, they were great. Like they, you know, they they sort of, you know, they follow instructions. They understand that these are the rules of the game. All they really care about is playing, you know. And so it was that was that part's maybe the most gratifying about the entire weekend is that you just get to see these kids with a big smile on their face and they're competing and it's fun, you know. And I'm I'm sure that they would prefer to have mom and dad up in the stands, but they don't particularly um, indicate anything about that during the tournament. They're just they're just happy to play, and they tend to make their own sort of you know <laughs> they cheer for their own teammates, you know, and especially these indoor facilities that stuff reverberates. So it's it was. It's it is eerie and strange not to have more you know fans up in the stands, but I mean given the news that should hopefully be temporary. So let's let's hope for the best about that. So yes, Cowtown Stampede is happening at exactly the same time. That was a logistical fun, wasn't it? I mean you didn't did you didn't have to really worry about a team over at the at the Keller Pool. So actually, one of my development teams were over there. Yeah, so. they were okay. So. I had two teams over there too. They were, you know, this week they were mostly Longhorn kids. So Coach Tom was over there doing it, um, and I never actually made it over there, um, but uh, that seemed to go very well as well. There was a team from California that participated, um, and then of course Pegasus boys just tore it up. And, uh, and so yeah, it was a, a from my understanding of that tournament went very well also. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I, I congratulations to Keely Lowry and her crew that did that. Uh, Pegasus beat uh, Praetorian in yep. the championship game for boys. Um, I think um, I don't know exactly for girls. Praetorian went four and zero, so I think I don't know if there's an official you know you know uh, table at the end, but uh, they were the only undefeated. They team. went four and zero, and then they lost to uh, Pegasus in the championship game. The girl, well, no, no, the, the boys. girls, the boys, the okay. boys, and then and then the girls beat by provision in the. Round robin, uh, seven to six. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good competition, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, was it? Um. So yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was great that we were able to have the two tournaments and for two different age groups the same weekend. I and um, people made it work. Yeah. So all good. And I had to drive from one to the other on Saturday night. So oh, you, you did. That's well, you yeah, you dropped somebody off too. So yeah, I did. I, I did drop somebody off. I, I was I was staying kind of in, in South Lake, and I did not see. My in-laws' house during the daytime. <laughs> no, of course not, not at all. Because I did not get there till late on. I did not get there till late on Friday night until after dark. Left dark and early on Saturday. Yeah. Got back late on like on on Saturday and left again on uh, dark and early on Sunday. My yeah. wife came and picked and my wife came and picked me up. We drove back to San Antonio. I did oh. not see my in-laws' house during the daytime. Yeah, because you're the tournament host. You're busy there scolding people for not putting on their masks. That's what you have uh, to do. Yeah, it's just, it's just something else you got to do. You're there all day. Yeah. As if I wasn't host. doing it, nobody would. So there you go. Uh, I, when we were hosting at Round Rock, I realized that uh, the days go – I dread them beforehand because you know that you're going to be there for 10 hours or something like that, and, and uh, that makes me mentally uncomfortable. And then at the end of the day, it's not as though you don't realize, wow, that was a long day, but it goes by quicker than you might think. I don't know, at least in my perception of it. So, you know. No, no, it, it does go by quick, and uh... – but and, and I'm just it's 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 one of those things I always I always joke around before a tournament I can't wait for the Sunday drive home you know? <laughs> but like you know it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm um I mean I'm glad that we had it I'm looking forward to the next tournament so. yeah um, and what's and what's next on the ODP calendar oh good segue 
Yeah. Um, I'm literally drafting an email right now. Um, I, I keep treating this podcast as a, as a radio program. So it's, I feel I have the sensibility that this is going out live and people are listening to it right now, even though that's entirely not true. So by the time this is out there, this will be semi old news, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're 99% confirmed for SciFair, a clinic that will take place for ODP. And we have it currently scheduled for the Saturday the 9th. That afternoon, we'll have a four to five hour clinic with just development athletes, uh, only development, boys and girls. And then the next day, next morning, a four to five hour clinic with everybody else, all the all-stars and youth on both sides, or uh, youth and cadets rather. So uh, yeah, this is the, it's the first time that we've ever separated it like this. The Louisville clinic that we had in uh, November was so packed that uh, both uh, both Chris Cullen and I, the, my colleague, uh, agreed that we should do something slightly different. And so this is the first time we've ever done it. Apparently, this is the convention in California. So we're, it's not as though this is revolutionary, but it, it's, it's definitely going to make it easier to manage. I can put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, to like kind of Houston starting to host stuff. There you go. Good. Yeah. Yeah, SciFair has always treated us really well. There's going to be a swim meet there so they're on that Saturday morning. So it's not as though they're not hosting events. They're slowly getting back in the game. Uh, but I was absolutely delighted to find out that they, they had this, these hours available for us and we've worked well together. So that news will be coming out and uh, so will um, registration. I don't know when that's going to open up, but it'll, it'll open up pretty soon. Yeah, that's going to come out here soon. So And probably be... After you uh, listen to the podcast, it's probably going to yeah. already be out. It'll probably be out already. Exactly. And so that that's really good news. And then in the same month, well, speaking of SciFair, I think you've got some breaking news too, right? Yes. Um, I was in the middle of writing an email about how we were going to do Dare to Dream on January 23rd, 24th. And because um, the, the Dare to Dream tournament has historically been on MLK weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to keep it on. <clears throat> we as in uh, USA Water Pole, and we just I, I just couldn't find a pool at all right. to kind of host it. So we um, we was so I had asked about uh, it. Yeah, it seemed like a, a hundred different pools. Finally, Chris Jones at yeah at SciFair emails me again in the middle of my email out to people. Um, hey, a swimming canceled. Do you mind? Yeah, do you want to do this? So nice. we're going to have Dare to Dream at um, at the Cypher ISD Natatorium on January sixteenth, seventeenth. That'll be from uh, <clears throat> that'll be for the twelve and under uh, mixed, twelve U girls and ten U mixed. Nice. That's exactly what we did last year. The date, the age as of dates, can be August one, twenty twenty. So it's just going to increase the number of athletes. Right. It's sort of the Team last one, right? Can enter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and um, that'll be a it'll be a festival style uh, kind of format. Um, and I'll get the information out to everybody here in the next day or so. See, I didn't know the term festival style literally until you helped. Well, you were, you and I hosted that tournament at our pool. Festival style just means that you're going to play four games, and they should be set up in a way. You know, hopefully to get you good competition, but it's not a championship. In other words, there's no placement at the end, right? Is that the fair way to put it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is a new term for me. All right. 
Um, yes, again, Cypher suddenly becomes the center of things. And then just to, to round out sort of a little bit of ODP stuff, we're, we're looking into something in February as well. I don't know where. I kind of know when, but I'm not going to say so just so that we can, you know, we're not going to have anybody overcommit. Um, but yeah, the, the, the ODP season is just a different one because we're going to try to host as many clinics as we can before the summer. Like typically we would be done with clinics in January and then we would become, we'd begin team selections. And then last year we had a uh, regional championships you'd be, in Utah. You'd be done with clinics in November, team selections, you go to a trip in January. Yeah. But that was last year was the first year we did that. So it typically, even before that you would typically go, you would have your last, last uh, cl- clinic training clinic in January and then get you know do a training trip and then go to national championships. That was it. But yeah, last year it was uh, interrupted in a good way by West Region Championships going to Utah, which was essentially another selection camp. Um, so um, that model is kind of blown up for this year. Hopefully it'll return uh, the following year. Uh, but th- the good news is, as Joe well knows, is that we can start to look for other venues and other times during the year that won't interrupt with the high school season um, that we can have additional clinics. So that's good news. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, again, just kids playing. Just, I mean, I know it's a challenge right now. I know the numbers are, are, are kind of rising, but, you know, hey, if you feel safe and you want to have your, like, your athlete play and compete, there's going to be some opportunities. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, I think that's it for now. Um, I plan to have an interview with Cooper Gatterson, who's at University of Pacific. He's the first athlete from the Austin area to play. Well, I wouldn't say Division One because there's one other one that I'm very proud to have sent to LaSalle, the, the, the late great LaSalle program. Um, but at, at what you would consider to be a major program, almost top four, but not quite. Um, so we'll have a conversation with him about what's going on at the, in Stockton, and, uh, and we'll wrap that and then we'll wrap up with some other stuff. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's waterpolo programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas waterpolo, I always listen to TX Waterpolo Podcast. We're nearly at the end of the most unusual year ever for our sport. The fall season has been essentially scrapped with uh, loose and changing plans for an abbreviated spring season at the college, at the collegiate level. Um, all that at a time when collegiate athletes have been at school for months with very little water polo going on at all. One of those is Cooper Gatterson, a freshman at the University of Pacific, somebody I've known for some time, and uh, somebody you could safely, you know, a program that you could safely call one of the top five, maybe 10, I'm sure you dispute the 10 part, but one of the top programs in the whole country. Uh, and he's the first Austin area athlete uh, ever to reach a program that you could claim to be that high on the pecking order. So here he is, Cooper Gatterson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank good, you for good. inviting me. 
Of course. So uh, let's do some housekeeping first. So um, when did you leave Austin for Stockton uh, after the summer was over? I left the beginning of August to do my two-week quarantine so I could train with the team. So two-week quarantine that was required of everybody. And everybody did that? Everyone had to do a two-week quarantine before we were allowed to uh, have our practice groups to make sure that we were all staying safe. Right. And so, um, and that, obviously that can, is that for the entire campus or is that really team related? Uh, it was for the entire campus. So it was something that was implemented by the school. Okay. And then speaking of campus, what, what are you, what have you been doing for classes? Is it online? Is it in person? Is it mixed? It's all virtual learning. All of it. Got it. Okay. Yep. And you're probably aware of other athletes or other students who are doing either both or, you know, going to class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people I know are doing a little bit of both. Got it. Okay. And uh, so then when you did begin training, what did you do? Meaning, you know, that there, that we have these uh, COVID restrictions, so I'm not entirely certain what they are allowed to do at UOP. So we got split into two different groups and for the first two months, we were only doing swim sets because we hadn't been approved to pass or even shoot. Okay. And so then after the two months, we got approved to pass and shoot. So we were able to pass with each other and shoot, but no contact. And that's still the case, no contact? Uh, yes. I, I got to pick your brain about this because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm interested in grill in drills that uh, the coach Graham has come up with, with no contact, but that's a different conversation for a different time. Um, what do you know from, you know, you, we, you mentioned the other day that you were just coming from a team meeting. Um, what is it at, that you know, as of this day about what your season may or may not look like in the coming spring, really? Well, you know, with, Teams dropping out, it's not uh, for certain what, what's going to happen. So, you know, we had our team meeting. We're going to have another one later today, you know, just kind of going over our options and, like, if we play, like, what it's going to look like. If we don't play, what it's going to look like. And, you know, the team's going to – we're going to come together and, like, see, like, what our options are, really. Okay. Um, and, and let's back up a little bit of it because, again, you, you're really the first athlete from this area. There have been uh, three or four by my count who've gone off to play varsity water polo. Uh, but, you know, again, arguably none at a program quite as prestigious as yours. So l- let's go back a bit in time. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, you've been part of the ODP program that I've been running for some years. But so I, I kind of know mm-hmm. the answers to some of these questions, but it's interesting to get your perspective. So what do you recall when you started to think seriously about playing collegiate water polo somewhere? Uh, yeah. So it was my second JOs, I think, and it was in Southern California and we went out, me and my mom went out early, you know, just to kind of be in California cause it was a trip and we stopped by UCLA and I got to see their pool and in that moment I was like I'm gonna do whatever it takes to be one day be able to play at the highest level water polo possible and what year were you when when that happened oh I was probably seventh grade maybe seventh grade so pretty early on you knew that you wanted to to flip the switch and and head off to college and then 
So UCLA, obviously a very appealing program. How was it that you chose the schools in which you were actually interested in, in applying to? Well, I wanted to, first I had to find a school that could offer my major, but I also wanted to find a school too that I could be a part of that would, could win a national championship, you know, because that's been like the dream of mine since I was wee little. You know, I wanted to win a national championship and Pacific was somewhere that could offer me academically what I wanted. And also I could have the opportunity to fight for a national championship. What's your academic uh, field? Uh, right now I'm doing uh, international business with a, yeah. Okay. Um, when you contacted teams, cause I'm assuming that there was more than UOP on your agenda. Um, right. What, um, and you contacted them to let them know that you were interested how did they react? Um, meaning, did they already know about you? Um, and I'm asking, as you probably well know, like Austin area athletes just don't get exposure as much to right. high level coaches. So what was the reaction like? How much work did you have to put into, you know, basically educating them about your abilities? Yeah. So when I was emailing, you know, college coaches being from Texas, it, no one knew who I was. So you know, you have, I had to make highlight films and all that stuff. And I would email coaches multiple times just to get one response from them. And I think that that's the key is the consistency. Like you don't want to be pushy, but you have to, you know, keep emailing the coaches because they just get busy. And so it was a lot of emailing coaches like over and over. And then once they emailed back, then things got, got rolling. We got to talking and, you know, all that stuff. What, did, what has Coach Graham told you about his impressions of you? In other words, he had to come to a point where he thought you could be a valuable member of the team. Was there sort of a point where that flip switched with him, or are you, are you not aware? Uh, I'm not aware. Okay. Um, and then as an Austin player, again, you've got a lot less natural exposure to coaches and recruiters. Um, so you, you came up with game film and that was essentially enough for them to, uh, to understand your abilities. Did they come and see you play at any games? Uh, Pacific was unable to make any of my games, but I did have back in the process, I did have other college coaches come and watch a different at various JOs games. Right. Um, and was there any, I mean, your, your last season in high school was very abbreviated and your team was, in, in, you know, I don't know about favored, but was certainly considered for a West region championship. Um, was, did that play any role whatsoever in whatever, in whatever coaches could come see you or couldn't? Uh, no, cause it was, cause having high school games on a Wednesday afternoon was <laughs> kind of inconvenient to have coaches fly out to, <laughs> to watch good point um well cool let's talk about you on the team now so um luckily you've started practicing um and i'm always curious about athletes and their first impressions of what you know what they what they're encountering especially on a division one program so what is it that you can say that you've learned in the short time you've been there is there have there been just like big surprises that that you you know obviously were unexpected uh, there haven't really been any big surprises. You know, I was nervous going in, but th the biggest thing about, you know, playing in college is that you just got to give it your all for everything. Like everything you do, you did a hundred percent and that's how you get the coaches to notice. And that's how you become a better player. Have you, what have you learned from other players? If you think, if, if, if you've, uh, if you've given that any thought. I just like the, 
like mentality is really the biggest thing, you know, mm-hmm. like from other, like learning from other older players and like just kind of learning like their styles. Like we, although we haven't been able to like play with each other, just like learning their theory behind things. Yeah. Coach Graham is a pretty uh, detailed and complicated coach. So is the sort of learning the playbook might be a little bit new for you. Yeah. Well, we I haven't cracked into that just yet, but you know, it's coming. But it's coming. <laughs> it's I'm another... excited to work with a very analytical coach. Yeah, was that one? Go ahead. Sorry, that's, that's something that uh, I, that brought me to also to Pacific. You it know, did. his his unique uh, perspective on the game and how he approaches it. What 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 was it that prompted you to to uh, to head that direction? Like, what what's the appeal? Well, for I mean, the water polo for me. If I'm being honest, like. I'm like, it's a, it was a, like Pacific is a place where I am like, it's a, it's a very close knit group of guys. So we're all, they're all friends. Like it's like a family, but it's also a machine in the fact that, you know, they're there to win and they're going to train hard. And so I think that's really what brought me there. You said it's a family. You're segueing into a question I was going to ask anyway, which is, um, far as I can see, you're the only Texan on the roster. There's only four athletes from outside the state of California, four Americans who are outside the state, the state of California and a, and a couple uh, athletes from overseas. What, what, if anything, did uh, people tell you about um, their impressions of you being from Texas? Did you have to, were you welcomed from the beginning? I mean, was there sort of a mystery surrounding you? Uh, yeah, there, there's a, at first, you know, before I knew any of the, any of the guys on the team, there was a little mystery like, oh, well, because I'm a freshman too, so it's like, oh, who's this freshman from Texas? But you know, if we, I went in, I worked hard, and you know, now they all. There's no like question that a guy from Texas can can hang with California kids. Right. Excellent. Um, all right, Cooper. I got to go to practice. You have a busy day ahead of you. That's uh, we've uh, we've covered a lot of territory here. I very much appreciate your time. Man, well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's basically it. Um, that was Cooper Gatterson. He's an athlete at University of Pacific. Um, a couple other things just before we get out of here. Um, Tony Osvedo's team is coming this week, this weekend, right? Yeah. This weekend, they're coming up to Dallas for the Pegasus. I think it's in conjunction with Pegasus. Uh, a, f- a few pretty high-name coaches, including UCLA's Adam Wright, will be in town. Are you, you're, are you going to that at all? No, I'm not. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I was going to, but uh, I'm staying put, especially because I got family in town. So I'm not going to do that, but uh, some that that should be. Oh, I'm sure that thing is sold out. Like it has to be. That's a you know, it's a big name coming to town. Um, and then what else? Oh, and then we're. I mean, what's going on? Yeah, help me out here. Oh, the oh right, right, right. Racial equity and inclusion task force. Um, this is there's a what's going on because actually I'm I'm unclear about it, but you know I think. So yeah, the racial and the R E N I task forces. They're yeah yeah they're doing some town halls here. Um, they did one earlier this week. They're doing another one on Thursday evening. So it's open to everybody. You can um, you can go to USA Waterpool website or if or if you need the like like the Zoom link, just please let me know. Uh, Jolinan at usawaterpool.org and I can email that to you. Is it any, is it Texas specific in any way? I mean, I, I don't no, think no, so, but I'm just is, wondering. This is a national thing. It just gives it will give everyone an update and the ability to ask some questions. Okay. Anything else? What do you what, what are you doing these days? Are you binge watching anything? 
No, no. I mean, I'm just trying to recover from the weekend and get and kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of getting ready for Christmas and yeah, and deciding do I want to do a tournament on January second, third, or what? Oh, you're all water polo all the time. Wow. Unfortunately, you're a lifer. You're a lifer. That is my curse. (laughs) It is curse. Uh, 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 Yeah, I'm, I'm not. We haven't had a chance really to sit down and watch TV together, uh, me and the fam. And now that my brother-in-law is in town, then we'll probably set aside time to watch something. So, yeah, maybe right. we'll report on that next week. But enjoy, until then, enjoy, enjoy your enjoy your family time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's some stuff going on in the family that's not necessarily positive, but altogether, I think uh, I think it'll be fine. So uh, that's it for now. I think we're done. Um, All right. So thanks, Joe. Right all right. Thanks uh, to all of you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. Um, got another huge, generous gift uh, last week. which was very, very kind. And I was thinking about that because there are um, there are people who want to advertise here. And uh, I've declined politely, even though it's very, very flattering. So thank you for helping us uh, avoid that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, if you want to give, you can go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And until next week, so long from Austin. Production of TWP Sports LLC.